All right, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, this first episode may be one that seems a little uh, unhinged. Some some will say you might hear some some noise in the background, um, but uh, like my dog who just decided to start drinking right beside me. Fantastic. Um, but bear with us. It is something in the making that we 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 kind of threw together kind of quickly, but um, in hopes of enjoying our time together through a Discord chat um, and trying to um, share some love about music, some some memories we have, um, and kind of give us a uh, talking point to kind of spend some quality time together and, like I said, enjoy some topics of music. Um, so what we'll be covering today um, in this podcast episode, I'm going to kind of introduce the two that's here tonight, myself, um, and my co-host andy um we basically grew up together we've played music together for years um i'd say we've probably introduced and influenced each other a ton whether that be good or bad um but uh kind of had a lifelong friendship molded around music um been to a ton of concerts together gonna touch on that some too uh we're gonna hit our influences um name some concerts that we have some fond memories about, whether it be how great the quality was or how, uh, how something theatrical stood out or something like that. And then lastly, I think we'll go over some favorite musicians uh, and then we'll discuss further and what the future podcast is going to look like in the timeline and all that stuff. Uh, so I will uh, turn it over to Mr. Andy Sparks, my co-host. Uh, yeah, uh, it's good to be here. Um, you know, I, um, love music and, you know, it's <clears throat> something that takes up a pretty big part of my life. So, um, you know, it's always fun to talk about music and, um, you know, I think for me it, it really goes beyond, uh, a hobby, you know, it's, I mean, it, technically it, it is, but, um, you know, it's pretty much been the biggest thing in in my life um almost as far back as my memory goes so um yeah it'll be fun to talk about a lot of the stuff and uh you know for somebody like me um you know i have a pretty wide range of music um across you know many types of genres and and decades so um you know i think it's it'll be it'll be pretty fun to uh, to get into some of that stuff and, um, you know, what, what has had an impact on me and, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. You know? yeah. yeah, man, it's, it's going to be a good time for sure. Um, especially talking about some memories me and you share together. Um, so I guess that'll kind of bring us to our first point. Um, uh, let's, let's get into the backgrounds. I know, uh, you, you mentioned your, uh, and in my opinion, you're a great musician, man. Uh, you, uh, you have oftentimes, put aside your your personal um i don't want to say beliefs but your personal uh comfort zones you know to expand what a band can do um i've seen you do that several times you've been very adaptable to the situation so um and i know i'm familiar with your background man we've been together for years as friends and as family um but why don't you why don't you start off in the beginning with your with your music uh yeah um 
I mean, uh, you know, music for me goes back uh, probably to being, you know, three or four years old. I, you know, I <clears throat> really came to music uh, through, you know, radio. And, uh, you know, my, my mother uh, has, you know, been a housewife essentially for, uh, you know, since the early 80s. And, and so... You know, when I was a kid, you know, during summers and things like that, when we weren't in school, I was always going with her places. And, you know, I, um, I quite honestly, you know, the beginning, the early beginnings of my music came from her, uh, you know, radio and what, you know, she would have on. And, um, you know, it, a lot of that was back then what they would call the, the, the golden oldies uh, stations, which... You know, back then we were talking about like the 50s and 60s, uh, whereas, you know, now a lot of that stuff is like the 90s. Uh, it's kind of changed over the years. But, um, you know, starting there and uh, I kind of worked my way into classic rock um, and uh, expanded off of that, of course, you know, um, our family being so musical um that kind of took me in some other directions too, musically, um, as far as acoustic, uh, bluegrass based music. But, you know, I love, um, you know, a lot of things from, you know, the early days of rhythm and blues, uh, to, uh, you know, rock, rock and roll, the early days of pop music. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that was made <clears throat> from, the fifties to the early nineties, um, you know, across many different genres, I, I, you know, I have a love and appreciation for, as well as, you know, bluegrass music, acoustic folk, and, uh, you know, um, jazz blues, uh, even some classical. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, as far as my music listening, um, that's kind of the early beginnings of that as far back as I can remember. Um, you know, started collecting, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, music media, probably somewhere around that age too, being really young. And, um, so, um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as just music listening, um, that's kind of my early beginnings of it and, and, you know, where I come from, uh, in, in the music world. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and, and kind of talking about the, um, the acoustic bluegrass and acoustic folk stuff that is uh that's my earliest memories of uh of music as you know i mean there's videos of us dating back to the early 2000s of us sitting in that uh that awful blue carpeted building back in the back in the days with uh numerous uh bluegrass musicians playing and and uh and one thing that i remember specifically about that was uh how attentive you were you know as even as like a six seven year old um i remember i think it was that mississippi roads episode do you remember that i do i remember when they recorded that it was uh yeah. like 2002 2003 somewhere in yeah. there something like that um those are still on youtube actually if you ever get a hankering to wondering what you looked like back then um but uh yeah that i remember you being in the middle with uh, a little toy guitar and I had one too. And I, I was just 
dancing and having a good time, but you were just sitting there holding that guitar, just staring at at other guitar players. And uh, I remember, um, I don't quite remember some of their names, but I remember some of those guys were some, some pretty good pickers back then, uh, especially for the bluegrass that was getting played. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always been a, a music forefront in our family for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, your, your background is very similar to mine. You know, um, we, we both grew up, uh, kind of the same situation everywhere. My mom went, I went, uh, so a lot of my influences were kind of the same thing, whatever she had on radio, really. Um, to the point where, uh, let's see, I remember, I remember my first taste of one of my favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers being in the back of a, an old, uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee thing, or I don't really remember exactly what it was, but I just remember hearing, I believe it was under the bridge for the first time, really. And just being mesmerized by that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, how I got into it. But, uh, my uh, my appreciation for just anything musical or understanding what genres or anything was was much much later in my life, uh, and I think that was solely because as a younger kid I, I took a a very much a focused interest on sports, which uh, I grew up playing all the time and stuff like that, which kind of drew me away from it um, until I was. I was probably sixth grade, something like that, nine, 10, 11 years old, something like that. When I first realized that, Hey, I wanted to be a musician and cared about music in a way other than just a common listener, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, but one thing that I, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to about this podcast is some of the memories we're going to talk about. And, uh, uh, we mentioned earlier, um, before we got recording and started set up and everything that, uh, something we wanted to touch on this first, um, this first episode was our, uh, our papa or Brian Sparks, um, and how much of an influence and a, 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 uh, a, uh, God he was for us. Um, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I know you, you started playing with him much earlier than I did. Um, but I was, I'm going to ask you, what what is your earliest memories of playing with Pawpaw? Um, probably the, I mean, I remember being very young and, and um, you know, I, I, I really showed interest in, in wanting to play music uh, and, and wanting to actually play and not just listen in the, in the late the real late nineties. And that's kind of when I got, you know, a, a guitar and, um, started just learning some basic chords and, um, uh, you know, being around him, you know, he, he taught me a few things that he knew. Um, and really the, the first earliest memories I have are, um, getting up on stage with him at the, old bluegrass festivals that he used to host and and playing some and uh and that's that's uh, honestly my my earliest memories of of playing yeah, um for sure and uh, yeah i mean it, it it was just all about 
uh, watching and learning, um, you know, which as a musician is, you know, it's the biggest part of being a musician is, is, you know, watching and learning from people who are better than you. And, um, and that was really the biggest influence on me, even though, you know, I'm not like a, a, you know, a bluegrass acoustic guitar player today. I mean, I think that a lot of those uh, properties are, um, you know, ones that can transfer across different genres and different instruments. And, um, so that's really my earliest is, is being, you know, four or five years old doing that kind of stuff. And, um, and just, you know, kind of getting my feet wet within, you know, the music world that way. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I do. I remember very vaguely, uh, kind of the tail end of the, the festivals at its height, you know, um, it was, I remember we had it under, I think what we call it as the shed now or something like that, where the stage is down there. Um, yeah. And I, I remember those very vaguely. I was very young when those were still going on. Um, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a memory at you that I think that you've probably forgotten about or forced it out of your memory out of sheer embarrassment. But uh, the uh, you remember what our first band name was when we were like 10 and 7 years old when you just had an acoustic guitar and we made uh, our other cousin Keenan a manager? Do you remember what the band name was? I do not. <laughs> I remember it because I, uh, I I was talking about it to one of my friends the other day. Actually, uh, you were dead set on having a band name, and you were the only one that was relatively musically inclined whatsoever at that time period. But uh, you you named the band before you even had a, another band member as Stone Wolf or Steel Wolf or something like that. And probably because it sounded metal. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the, uh, the influence and memories of of Papa are are something that crossed my mind a lot. I in my current job, I'm I'm driving a lot back and forth. I have a lot of time to listen to a lot of different music, and uh, very very often I uh, I listen to some pop some of Papa's music, whether that be through YouTube or there's some stuff out there on Spotify. Um, that I, I listened to and uh, got to thinking about that the other day and how, how great of times it was and we never really realized it, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't... I don't know that um, anybody would have, you know, gone as far with, you know, just a love of music without that. Uh, you know, um, he was he was a very serious musician and, uh, uh, you know, it was more than a hobby to him. And, um, you know, that, I think that paved the way for a lot of, uh, you know, like for myself, you know, what, what I do now. And, um, you know, that was, that was a pretty big influence. Of course he was, you know, you know, had an opportunity to be on a huge record label and, um, and all that so you know he he found a lot of success but um you know that that was you know yeah that was a pretty big factor in uh a life of music yeah for sure um 
Now, refresh my memory because I've definitely forgotten. What label did he sign to, and what time period? Do you do you remember? Well, they didn't. He didn't. They didn't sign to a label, but they were offered by Sun Records uh, back in the Sun 50s, Records, which is back obviously in the 50s, I think. that's the record label that Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, out of Memphis, Tennessee, um, which yeah. would have obviously been a a massive opportunity um, for them, but you know, it's kind of some unfortunate circumstances prevented them from being able to do that. Yeah, um, I, I very, very often think about some questions I definitely should have asked Papa when he was still around. You know, um, it wasn't until you know right after he passed that I actually understood how much of a relevant musician he was and how much more of a relevant musician he could have been um if you know the cards would have played out right um but uh yeah i I knew it was uh, a pretty prominent label that I, I thought they signed that that's where i have the story wrong but uh uh i couldn't remember exactly which one i, I wanted to say it was signed but i wasn't gonna gonna claim that without knowing for sure um yeah yeah so um yeah we we definitely definitely had it lucky with influences um even even some younger ones that you know you still have the chance to play with chad a lot um and if you want to go ahead go ahead and plug tishamingos guys man y'all y'all have got a good thing going uh yeah we're you know uh an acoustic uh kind of a hybrid genre band uh based out of north alabama um, you know, so we'll do, you know, any, you know, stuff that's around like Huntsville, Alabama, over into North Mississippi, uh, even into South Tennessee and uh, some other places. Um, it's just kind of a mix of, uh, old style bluegrass, which is, <clears throat> you know, obviously one of the, the genres that, um, you know, are, are big for me. Um, as well as just some other stuff we do, you know, we'll do some, uh, you know, old, you know, top 40 top stuff from, uh, you know, from like the seventies and and sixties and things like that, that we kind of translate to, uh, um, to fit, you know, the acoustic instruments and we'll do, uh, we, we've even done like some jazz and some stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of a hybrid, um, hybrid type band but it's pretty fun yeah um we have a facebook page and all that you can check out um if you're interested in that sort of thing but um yeah that's pretty much what i've been doing for the last couple years yeah um in a previous format me and andy played in this band together we were under a different name and it didn't really materialize into anything like we thought it was some some uh, different opportunities came up and I, I decided to uh, leave the band. And I, I, I'm personally, I think that probably benefited you guys a little bit more. I felt, felt like I was uh, a uh, kind of a stumbling block at times with my many, many things I was doing then. Um, but you guys got it rolling, man. You guys are a good group. Uh, I enjoy listening to y'all whenever I hop on Facebook and see y'all's, y'all's videos. Um, but yeah, man, y'all, I uh, I really want y'all to keep going. Um, you, I mean, you know, you and Chad mean the world to me. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's Tishamingos, guys. Uh, Andy is the banjo player. And I believe you've seen some backup in that as well, right? Yep. 
Correct. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, check him out if you want. Um, like I said, he's got some Facebook pages. Uh, there's some videos out there. They're they're a good group. Real good group. Um. All right. Well, let's let's transition into some influences. I know we've touched on uh, Papa and uh, what he meant to us and how much of a great musician he was. And in later years, we uh, we uh, we get to missing it because uh, for sure he was he was something. He was definitely a leader in more ways than just as a musician. But uh, let's get into some influences. I know I know you're a you're a big classic rock guy too. Even though you're in a acoustic band right now. Um, so I, I mean, I'm asking these questions just to, just for the topic's sake. But I, I know your answers. But let's get it out there for people. Who's your biggest influences across music? Um, I mean, my first and foremost that kind of just got me into music in general is you know it's uh, it's always been ACDC. You know, I love I love that style of. Um, you know, blues and rock and roll and, and how that, uh, meshes together. And, um, they were kind of the first ones that I, uh, you know, jumped on board with. And I mean, I was probably like four years old, um, you know, and then, uh, you that's know, a, that's a heck of a band to start with at four years old, man. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's also a big reason why I started playing, uh, guitar and, um, you know, they were the first band I saw, I saw them in, in 2000, um, in Atlanta. Um, so that, you know, that obviously had a big impact on me. Um, and, you know, from there it just kind of branched out into a lot of different kind of classic rock. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, going even farther back than that, uh, you know, Zeppelin and the Beatles, um, and you know the who and the stones i mean just a lot of that classic stuff um you know really became um you know a big part of you know what i was interested in um you know you know basically any rock band from the 60s to the early 90s became you know uh groups that i started listening to pretty frequently and um you know, I would I would definitely say it, it it started there though. Um, you know, as as far as influences, I, you know, I don't know that. Uh, you know, musically, I don't know how many of of those bands actually influence me. I mean, they do, but I you know I don't really you play much electric music anymore, so I don't know about from that point of view, but. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, bands that I've listened to, um, you know, most, yeah. most of the stuff from the seventies and the, and the eighties and, um, you know, but ACDC, they're, they're pretty much at the top of my list. Um, I'm a huge, um, Kiss fan. I'm a huge, uh, you know, fan of Queen and, you know, Van Halen and Rush. And so it just kind of goes across all different, you know, genres from the early metal to, prog rock to you know classic hard rock so um yeah those were yeah, those man. are pretty much my early early influences yeah you uh you mentioned that you don't really play much electric music anymore um but i'm going to give credit where credit's due um back in the day uh this was 2016 2017 we started our, our group 
I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, something uh, like that. Yeah, we started as a five-piece band with a, with a couple other great musicians and a really good singer that uh, kind of stemmed as the classic, you know, high school band that, that you know, we were supposed to get together for a one-off gig and something clicked and we really enjoyed each other's company. And uh, Andy, all his life, had been a guitar player. Uh, he had dabbled in other instruments, but uh, he uh, he realized that another guitar player was not what this band needed and quickly, you know, bought a used drum set and man, he turned into a very solid drummer. Um, and so I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He's very versatile as a musician and he's got, he's got the talent to make up for it. And he's definitely got the hard work ethic. So I'm going to give him a little plug there for sure. I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, you talk about your influences like ACDC I definitely enjoy some ACDC. Definitely enjoy Queen and Rush. And uh, me and you went and seen Kiss together some years ago with a couple friends. So, yep. they're definitely up there in influences. What a show that was! Right? That was that was insane. Yeah, they're uh, this, always. This great. was their farewell tour, wasn't it? Their first one. Aren't they? Aren't they planning some more shows now? Well, yeah, it was like their. It was before uh, COVID when they first started the end of the road tour uh yeah i mean i think they're wrapping it up here in a couple months but that was kind of the first iteration of it and and i think i think they still got it honestly as far as musicianship and uh i everybody you know for a while the whole question was well does paul stanley still have a voice well that night the answer was yes very much so he he sang his heart out and it, it seemed like Paul Stanley of past days, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's he's great. I've I've always loved him as a rock vocalist. I think he was at his best in the '80s. Unfortunately, uh, when they, you know, they did the unmasked stuff and uh, changed their format a little bit. But yeah. um, '80s, early '90s, uh, Paul Stanley is is pretty hard to beat pretty hard to beat i agree with you that's a that's about as good as a front man and lead singer you get um you uh you touched on van halen so i'm going to bring up the age-old question you prefer van halen with uh david lee roth or sammy hagar i mean i prefer i prefer um david lee roth but i you know i love both iterations of the band i just think that um you know it's they're both great. I, I, w- I would be the first to tell you that Sammy Hagar is overall a better singer, and you know he's a fantastic musician, guitar player. For sure, for um, sure. But you know, you, it, the first three Van Halen records are pretty hard to touch. I mean, they're uh, you know very much um, you know they were game changers of their time and um you know there wasn't there there wasn't any bands that sounded like van halen before van halen and uh and and so you know the songwriting was a little better um you know i love a bunch of hagar uh era songs too but um you know if you if you if you make me pick between those two i I would i would have to go with david lee roth even though he's not he's not a fantastic live vocalist but, but what a what a frontman presence he was 
Yeah. He that that guy was everywhere. I put him in in uh uh golly. Axel Rose kinda on the same play. They were running around like crazy in their prime, you know. That, yeah, I mean David Lee Roth is kind of the quintessential front man for a rock and roll yeah, band. He could do it, man. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think my opinion is kind of the same on Van Halen there. Um, I, I really, really enjoy Sammy Hagar's voice. He's a great guitar player. It, it really opened up the whole keyboard aspect a lot for, uh, Eddie, especially live, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. It's, it's, it's David Lee Roth all the way, just because I feel like the songwriting was a little bit better. There was something, there was something about that band that, well, they they got famous for a reason. They were fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. I I was just gonna say it was you know, you know Eddie Van Halen was just the he was the most influential guitar player of the late seventies, early eighties. So that just kind of comes naturally with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um arguably one of the most talented guitar players out there if you just if you're just talking about talent. Um Yep. All right. I think that was my questions on your influences there. Some of the some of the stuff I didn't really know your answers to, some of them I did, but uh interesting topics to bring up. Um my influences are a good bit different. Um and you can you can thank my age for that. I, I, I grew up in a, and I don't want to say a different time period because there's not that much of a difference between us, right? But uh, the focus was definitely shifted to some different bands by the time that I had a uh, comprehension on what I what I liked and what wasn't just popular. Um, so I, I, it's undoubtedly the Foo Fighters are my favorite band of all time. I've seen them in concert. Um, still one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Um, it was with Taylor Hawkins since since he's passed. Um, looks like they're they're getting geared back up and going to be a great band again. But you know that band's not going to ever be exactly the same without their second frontman, as I like to say. Even though he played in the back, um, and you know the whole stemming from Nirvana with Kurt Cobain passing and Dave going through his his massive trials of does he want to be a musician if his best friend can't do it with him. Uh, it's just inspiring to see somebody pick it up and, uh, and in my opinion, write some of the, the greatest post eighties songs there's, there's ever been. Um, so the Foo fighters are definitely number one for me. Um, number two has always been a question mark. Um, the red hot chili peppers are up there. They, they, they ebb and flow from two and three, depending on what mood I'm in. But, uh, like I said earlier, they're, they're some of my earliest uh, memories of understanding that I liked music and that what is it just popular and what was on the radio. Um, that that whole original core, I say original, even though Prashanisi was their technically second guitar player, maybe even third. Um, Flea and Anthony Kiedis and Chad Smith uh, and John Prashanisi, or however you say his last name. Um, it's just, there's a there's an element of rock and funk, and it, it's it's so groovy. It's it's hard to not enjoy it if you if you're into rock music. Um, and then here lately into the third spot is going to be something that 
that uh, hasn't been mentioned yet, but uh, it's a country band that I, I'm I'm really into. They're they're uh, a Oklahoma band by the name of the Turnpike Troubadours. Um, they're they're very much your southern rock country. Uh, got a great fiddle player, uh, really good lead guitar player. Their singer knows how to write great lyrics, tells great stories, um, almost in a Bob Seger esque way. Um, he just tells you the truth, and he's gonna he's gonna sing his heart out on it. So, if you're into any kind of country music like that, that's that's my number one country band right now for sure. Um, but let's get into some concerts, man. We, me, and you've been to a fair share together, um, and. You know, I can thank you for my first concert. And uh, way back when we were in a band together, um, you actually bought my ticket for that Journey concert in uh, Tupelo, where we got to see them in Asia together. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always fun to see them. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I've seen them quite a few times. And uh, well, We've seen them twice show. together, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have seen them in uh, Def Leppard together in Nashville, or was that in Memphis? Uh, that was in Memphis. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But continue. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no, I was just gonna say that you know that was was a good show. I mean, I I've rarely seen them disappoint. So, um, yeah. And that was uh, that was shortly after Asia lost their frontman. I can't recall his name, but their lead singer and uh, bass well, player. That was uh, before that. When we seen him, I thought, no, he had passed. He had passed when uh, we went. Maybe he had. I, it's been so long, I can't remember. I, I, yeah, it's been a while. I, I remember them putting a tribute up, a tribute about him. Uh, yeah, maybe so. But uh, what a significant loss that was, man. He was a he was a great singer, a really good bass player for that for that type of band too. Um. Yep. But uh, we went to that. We went to that show as a band, and I, I remember that night being a load of fun, man. That was that was a good time. Yeah, journey um, rarely disappoints. Yeah, that's for sure. I was amazed at how well I can't think of his name, but how well he was able to emulate what Steve Perry had done before him. But whenever the new stuff came around that he had sang on, he still he sounded exactly like you would want a journey singer to sound like, but in his own way. So I was very impressed with that. Yeah, um, Arnell Pineda. He's he's very Arnell good. Pineda. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. Very good. All right, where does that take us in concerts? I forget what came next after that first Journey show. Um, uh, we saw Cheap Trick, Foreigner. Yeah, and Led Zeppelin experience in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, what a what a great sound quality that show had. It was. I mean, we sat, what, about halfway back and dead center just about. We were right next to the sound booth, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and amphitheater shows are usually pretty good. It's a little more intimate. That was, and I mean, it was just, it was just great band after great band after great band. Uh, even, even Led Zeppelin experience, man. Uh, how well they were able to play everything. It was almost if I would have closed my eyes, I would have I would have thought that John Bonham and Robert Plant, John Paul Jones and and all of them were up there, man. It was it was so good. So good. Uh yeah, Jason Jason Bonham is uh, he's great. Um 
and I think they still do that band and um you know he's you know I mean he's about as close as you could get to to John Bonham in terms of drumming style and uh yeah it was a good show I remember that one yeah. pretty fondly I remember I remember thinking yeah he's going to play the parts right and he's going to he's going to sound great but I don't think he's going to drum with the power that John Bonham had but I was definitely wrong he he plays it, it like I said you could close your eyes and be fooled for sure yeah um yeah he was great let's talk about let's talk about cheap trick after that the what it was probably a 15 minute turnaround and they come out and played their hits and then turned me on to some of their music that I wasn't aware of yet um and I think I think that bass player that night kind of influenced you a little bit whenever uh, our first band had kind of parted ways a little bit and we replaced a couple members and kind of take on a whole new alias. Um, but he, you, I remember you leaving and talking about how, how cool of a bass style he had. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Peterson, he's, he's always been great. I've always loved him, but you know, um, you getting to hear him live was, was really cool. Of course, he's got, you know, a unique, style with the 12 string bass and and all that um yeah um i've i've always loved cheap trick it was it was great to see them live i've I've actually seen them live a couple times now um and they're they you know they're kind of like um um acdc in some aspects where they're you know they're they're just never gonna disappoint in what they do and uh yeah that was a great show um you know, they played pretty much a set list of just the greatest hits, like most of those bands do now. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was it was really good. I, uh, you know, I've always been a Cheap Trick fan, but it was it was, it was great to, to be able to see them live now a couple times. Yeah, man. Um, it it was definitely it was cool to see a band, you know, that, that, that was all original members. That's, that doesn't happen often anymore, especially with a band from that era. Um, yeah, I know. I say that, I say that band, that, that drummer technically wasn't their original one. Right. Bunny Carlos is, is the original and he's, he's been in and out of the band for a while, but he's, um, he's had health issues, right? It's kind of been part of it. Well, I think they, you know, there were some legal issues there too with between them, but, uh, it's been a mixture of things they've kind of had a tumultuous relationship but um no i mean they you know they were great irregardless and uh you know of course robin zander is you know he's fantastic and uh you know they're just one of those consistent of a singer he he is 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 mind-boggling to me at his age he uh even to this day with him when i see videos of him singing again it's like man like He's got it. He's got it for real. He's not a studio guy. He's a he's a good singer. Yes, yeah, you know, just one of those older rock guys that, uh, you know, just has kind of kept it all these years, and uh, it's kind of rare. But yeah, cheap yeah. Trick, cheap trick was great for sure, man. Um, I I remember, I remember very very vividly only one song that night that we didn't we didn't really quite enjoy because i think they were having some technical issues and uh you couldn't really hear it was the bass player was singing lead on this one they were given 
a normal lead singer a break it looked like from vocals but just wasn't all mixed very well you can tell it may have been like a quick sub or something to give him a break or something but uh i just remember uh just been like okay yeah there's you can still tell they're a great band but uh this is just not this is not hitting like the other ones were yeah i mean that that happens sometimes but yeah man it's it's live music for sure yeah but it was it was, it was great it was great and then and then lastly foreigner came out and not to take away from the other two bands before them they were they were great i mean it was there was a great atmosphere they were very intimate with their audience uh that singer i can't think of his name you're you're better with rockstar names than i am kelly hansen kelly hansen he he kind of the same thing with arnel pineda he is so close to their original guy it, it it's crazy he does so good with it yeah um yeah he's great of course you know I, uh lou graham is uh phenomenal Lou Graham their original singer but um you know that Foreigner's one of those bands that they don't really uh they don't really have much in the way of original members anymore I mean when we saw them they had Mick Jones and I think uh maybe one more guy from the original version of the band but yeah um bass player it was still cool to hear you know those songs being done I mean Foreigner's kind of one of those bands that they're they're pretty underrated. I don't even. I don't even think they've. You know, they've been inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're kind of. Um, That's like a crime, man. That's insane. How great of a band they are. Yeah, I mean they've. You know, they're just one of those bands. They've got a ton of hits, top forty hits, but they. Have just never been given the same amount of respect as a lot of other people, but. Yeah, they were they were fantastic. Uh, that's that's the only time I've seen them was that night. But um, you know they were they were great. Uh, I really love uh, you know their sound and um, you know how the uh, the mixture of songs that they play. It's just they they were they were fantastic. Yeah, man, I, and kind of the same thing. Um, I brought up with. Uh, with cheap trick man it was almost like they they had just played a greatest hits album and it was just like straight from studio man they were so they were so clean and and they were such a tight group man and that you know that's hard to do when you've got sometimes they have three guitar players and a keyboard and and they 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 pulled it off for sure and um, i believe that was their 40th anniversary wasn't it when we seen them uh could be i'm not sure it was around that time it may have been the tour before tour after or something like that but uh yeah man for sure that was that's just that show right there was well worth the money and how how much fun we had that night it was a bit of a drive and we had to split up but man that was a that was a fun night i'd love to have that opportunity again for sure yeah it was great um it's a good deal. Um, it's hard to hard to beat that combination of bands, for sure. For sure, that one's up there with one of my favorites. I think that's probably going to hit number two behind my Foo Fighters concert, just because I'm such a Foo Fighters fanboy, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know where but, it would uh, fit in my ranking, but it's it was. You've seen a lot more than I have, so you have an argument everywhere else. I, I you've you've got me beat by double digits. I'm sure. 
quite a lot yeah quite a lot over the over the last 20 some odd years i've been fortunate to see for sure yeah man yeah um what's another concert that jumps out in your mind doesn't necessarily have to be one that i went to with you those are just the the two that stick out in my mind um I mean, both the, you know, obviously both the ACDC shows I've seen. Well, I've actually seen three. I don't count, really count one. I mean, I kind of do, but it was, you know, when Axl Rose was singing, um, and that was, uh, it's just different. Um, but I've seen them cool. twice. And still, that's cool. I mean, that's something that no, it was awesome. got to do. Um, it was awesome. It's just a one-off thing. Um, but, um you know, it was just different, but it was, it was cool. Um, you know, I saw them in 2000 on the stiff upper lip tour. I saw them in, I think it was 2009 on the black ice tour. Um, both great. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's really, really difficult to find a band who will give you a bang for your buck like they will. Um, you know, they're, uh, just, you know, one of the most fantastic live bands out there. Um, you know, I've seen Kiss a couple times. They've been great. Um, they're, they're another band that, you know, they give you your money's worth when you go to a show. Um, even, not even just music, man. Just, just from my one experience with them, the, uh, the show that they put on, man, they, it, from, you know, the Gene Simmons and the, blood out of his mouth kind of thing and uh yeah. uh paul stanley flying over the crowd it was it was it was what kiss was whenever i was a kid you know like what i thought of whenever i thought of kiss like not only are they a great band they are going to give you a good show yeah it's it's certainly different if you've never been to that kind of show before um it's it's great um you know i kind of lump them and acdc together as far as giving you that kind of uh concert experience where it's not just you know guys standing up there just playing music um you know of course i was i've been one of the fortunate ones to be able to see you know like um angus young in his prime or not necessarily in his prime but still when he was you know, able to get all over the stage and, and be Angus Young. And so yeah. those two, those two experiences, um, kind of stand up for me. Um, another one, you know, I got to see Van Halen on their reunion tour when David Lee Roth right, yeah. joined them. Um, I forgot about that. You know, that was pretty epic. Um, um, you know, almost the full band, you know, Michael Anthony wasn't with them, but, um, you know, that was really cool to be able to see that. And, uh, you know, hindsight being what it is now, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad I, I was able to go see that. Um, but that was a great one. I saw Guns N' Roses on their reunion tour. That was great. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Uh, yeah. That what an, what an opportunity that was that I missed out on. <laughs> Yeah, that was one um, I'd hoped for for a long time, and never really thought it was going to happen. And um, I was glad I was glad to be able to witness it. Um, and you know, I know they're still touring and all that. I haven't got to 
you know, go back around and see them again. But, um, you know, that was, that was really good. I've seen, you know, of course, Slash a couple different times, um, uh, including his solo band. But, um, yeah, man. Um, that was a big one. Um, man, there's so many. I mean, Def Leppard's a great live band. Um, you know, they're, they're really good. They're, they're one of those bands that still kind of have it. Um, I would say that, uh, it's his name, Elliot gets Joe better Elliot. with age. Yeah. And yeah, he was really he, good. He was awesome. They're really good. But, uh, um, you know, I've seen them a couple times. They're great. Uh, um, really just trying to remember, um, who all I've seen. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a second to think, but I'm going to bring something up about that, uh, guns and roses show that you went to. All right. Um, this, this isn't anything to Andy because he's not, not that big of a country fan. Uh, kind of like I am, but, uh, the opener for that guns and roses show was Chris Stapleton. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Right. Right. Before he really went huge he was Andy got to see him probably at the earliest um he was around kind of in between the Johnson brothers and the steel drivers and when he was just trying to figure out if he wanted to be a solo guy or if he wanted to put a band together Andy got to see him with just he he played just an acoustic set right uh yeah I think so it's been so long ago but I think yeah I think think that's what it was yeah yeah and Hands down, man. He, dude, you can. It may not be your style, but you got to admit that guy's got a great voice. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, we yeah. we kind of unfortunately missed like ninety percent of his set because we were late. Yeah. But um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people there really really enjoyed it. He's 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 special. Um, just as a musician, such a talented guy. Um, you brought up a uh, the Slash concert. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen him a couple times with Miles Kennedy, right? Yeah, yeah. We we saw him in the Ryman in in Nashville, and uh, I was going to bring it up if you if you didn't. Uh, regardless, just what an intimate show that was, especially for us. We sat right above him. Uh, you said afterwards, uh, you thought that you and Miles Kennedy had had a friendship. How many times he acknowledged us and pointed at us and smiled, and how cool it was to just be. You know, we were what twenty feet from Slash, and just yeah, how yeah, awesome it cool. is to be that close to a legend. Um, unfortunately, yeah, that night, uh, Brent, what's his last name, the drummer for them? Oh, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Think. Um, it'll come to me later. It's it's not important. Uh, but unfortunately, he had a little bit of a. Brent medical emergency yeah Brent Fitz that's it uh, he had a little bit of a medical emergency and uh, was unable to play but uh, that fill-in guy they got was was pretty good I don't want to say pretty good he was great especially for he had like what a 48 hour notice that he was playing that show yeah that's a pretty tough spot to be in especially with those difficult drumming parts Brent Fitz is He's great, man. I mean, yeah, actually, not even it's just him at the Guns N' Roses show. Yeah, that's right. You told me about that. Yeah, he was he was walking into the concert at the same time I was in Nashville. What a cool guy he is. Uh, I've had some interactions with him on Instagram. Uh, I actually sent him some videos that night. Uh, Really seems to be a really down to earth, just bang up guy. Uh, 
no pun intended, yeah, as to him being a drummer. He but plays with a lot of people. He's talented, man. If you're just talking about a drummer with chops, he's got it, man. I he's, mean, he's he's been. I mean, he's played with like Alice Cooper. Vin, I mean, yeah, his in, resume is forever long. He's in Vince Neil's band. He's in. He was in Gene mm-hmm. Simmons' solo band. He's he's played with a lot of people. He's got it, man. Um, but let's let's kind of. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna name one more concert that I I I don't believe you went with me. Um, and it's not necessarily one of my favorite concerts because it was in Tupelo and that, that venue is, you know, it's not suited for a, a hard rock band or anything like that, but uh, it's definitely still an intimate com- uh, concert because you're so close. I mean, what, it seats 10,000, something like that. Uh, yeah. If that. I seen sticks with uh, a couple of my buddies that you're friends with too. Um, seen them uh it was i just remember it being just crazy cold outside but uh tommy shaw man that dude is so underappreciated uh he's fantastic he's great uh i just remember going into that show i was kind of blind i you know i know sticks because you know they're uh Two crazy popular songs, Renegade and uh, Renegades and what uh, Sail Away. Yeah. And man, I just I, those were the only two songs I thought I'd go in and enjoy. Uh, but that just wasn't the case. How versatile Tommy Shaw was, man. He he was switching back and forth between acoustic and electric, and I think he even played some piano there for a little bit. Um, and how well he was playing the parts and singing. Um, when he's been throughout his whole career, just predominantly a guitar player, you know, um, that influenced me, you know, there later down in my musical career to, you know, don't just be a guitar player, be a musician. You don't, you don't have to just be a guitar player, um, which I think you understood that earlier on in life than I did for sure. But, uh, I just wanted to bring that up. They had like half of the concert, like half of the venue closed. It didn't sell out or anything like that. So there was probably 30 rows of people and like three sections wide. So, I mean, we were all cramped in there, but we were right on top of the stage and it was, it was a great show. I was impressed. Yeah. Sticks is great. Um, and they've got kind of a, uh, double edged attack, uh, you know, between um, Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung and, and the different kinds of songs they do, um, you know, uh, I'm a big Six fan. They they do, a, you know, they kind of get into some of the prog rock stuff. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're they're phenomenal, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've actually, I haven't uh, seen Sticks, but, um, you know, I know they're they're great. I believe I believe we did invite you to go to that show with us, but I think you had I think you had prior plans and were unfortunately unable to make it. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I hate to say it, but you missed out on one. That was a good show, especially for I think it was like a twenty dollar ticket. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, I've I've been able to see some some pretty good shows within the last couple of years there, and uh, and you know, I hate that I missed it, but. Um, yeah, I enjoy sticks a lot. Um, yeah, man. I was there 
uh, probably about two, three months ago, I saw REO Speedwagon. They were great. Um, oh, man. That's a band who um, just has a, a great sound still to this day. And, um, yeah, enjoyed them. I've seen, I saw Alice Cooper there. He was fantastic um, with Ace Fraley opening for him. That was a great show. Um, yeah, that's I've yeah, seen man. Some good stuff there, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question uh, since we've been we've hit on Kiss pretty heavily tonight, um, and very deserving. They they were uh, big parts of our lives musically for sure. Um, of the original four, who had the best uh, solo album? Um. In your opinion, you don't have to. You don't have to, you know, go by popular stance because I think the overall popular stance is either Ace Frehley or Paul Stanley. Yeah, I mean, I I would honestly almost say that um, Ace Frehley's was the most uh, interesting to me musically. Uh, yeah. But Paul Stanley's was the most interesting to me vocally, um, and that's yeah, I would agree with you. If you had if you had to make me pick one, I'd probably pick uh paul stanley just a little bit more um it's it's easier as a uh as a musician to to do that because you know you you can listen to guitar parts all you want which ace fraley writes great guitar parts has for years but uh when you know and then this is not downing him as a singer because i think he would agree too if you asked him he's made to be a, like a backup singer he's a great guitar player and he sings harmonies very well but he just doesn't have that punch like Paul Stanley has in his vocals. And I think that was the big difference for me. Well, you know, Ace Frehley has a very, um, uh, uh, specific singing style if he's going to sing. And that's kind of how he writes. And, um, you know, like I said, I saw him live and, 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 you know, there's, he's, he's just not really a singer. He's kind of just, yeah. He's kind of just writing out melodies that are easier to sing. I kind of liken it to, uh, uh, you know, it's not to the same. It's not really the same, uh, and I don't want to, you know, offend anybody. But, you know, I'm a huge, like, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne fan, uh, both in general. Um, And I'm a huge Ronnie James Dio fan. Uh, When when Dio joined Black Sabbath, um, it just wasn't the same when he sang those original the Aussie Black stuff Sabbath yeah. songs because you know uh Ozzy sings very much to whatever the guitar melody is whereas Ronnie James Dio is a little bit more of an open singer who's who likes to sing more intricate stuff but it's not really that uh Ozzy isn't really a singer. It's just he sings more to whatever the guitar melody is, and that's kind of his style. Um, sure. And it's kind of the same with Ace Frehley on a smaller level. He's not, he he's not really a singer, whereas Ozzy Osbourne is. But he um, he he has a very specific style. He has to stick to. And I I love his I love his solo album. Uh, you know his of course, you know talking about the the seventy eight Kiss solo albums. Um, I love his solo album um, musically. I, I mean, obviously, New York Groove is, is, was a huge hit, um, but 
Paul Stanley's, I, th- I just thought from, uh, you know, a vocal standpoint was much better. But, uh, you know, Gene Simmons is good and Peter Chris's is good. I mean, it's it's different. It's very different. His, his is, is yeah. not as much rock and roll as it is old um, uh, 60s kind of rock. It's got kind of a 60s yeah. rock vibe to it. And it's really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you made me pick one, I would say Paul Stanley's. I think I would. I'd probably be the same. Um, I need to revisit those. I haven't listened to those in a, in a long, long time. Um, but since we talked so much on Kiss, I thought I'd bring it up. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a, Ozzy. Are great, but they're all yeah, pretty yeah. Decent. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Ozzy. What a front man that guy is, right? I mean, you, we talked about Paul Stanley and David Lee Roth, and uh, even uh, I think I've mentioned Dave Grohl as a front man. But uh, and Axl Rose, you those those guys are are insane as front front mans. We'll we'll uh, as you see this podcast unfold, uh, we're gonna have some segments where we kind of focus in on individuals and bands and stuff like that, and gonna gonna make it fun and kind of have it a uh, a little draft style stuff. But that you'll you'll see that in uh, future episodes. Um, but I I think think wrapping it up i think that's what we're going to do we're going to talk about some of our favorite musicians doesn't necessarily have to be from your favorite band or an influence or anything like that which i think that's going to be hard for it not to be if it's your favorite it's probably going to be in your favorite band or one of your influences um but give me give me like a top five of your favorite musicians whether it's all guitar players it's mixed in as guitar players bassists singers drummers anything um, I mean, it could change all the time, but, um, uh, you know, I think obviously, you know, it probably in, I don't, you know, in, the, in my list would, I mean, Angus Young would be in there. Um, you know, yeah, for sure. Kind of the first, the first guitar player I took notice of, um, you know, uh, uh, I love all kinds of guitar players. I love, you know, guys who play uh metal or you know an eddie van halen style of guitar um i I think with angus young i always took a liking to um you know being based in blues and um you know the phrasing that he uses and um, how much of a very much of a a raw approach he took it was yeah i mean he just kind of natural does and um it's very unique to him he's you know, a lot of guys have guitar solos that are uh, just very much a lot of improvising, which he, he does have some of those. But, you know, there's so many of his solos that are just singable and uh, melodic. And, uh, you know, I've always been appreciative of that. <clears throat> Not to mention, like, just the riffs that uh, he writes and, um, you know, uh, just that style. So he, he would be on there. Um, I'd also have to say... Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Neil Peart and um, and that drumming style that he uses. I don't know that I would necessarily say it's the style of drums that I I play, but you know, it's very difficult to play in his style. Uh, but you know, when you listen to Neil Peart, you hear a lot of uh, uh, rock influence, but you also hear a lot of like jazz influence and yeah, um, for sure. You know, I, the way that he was able to take that style and 
make it work in a rock band um is is it's incredibly unique and you know he's kind of heralded uh obviously he's one of the best drummers for a reason um besides those two i would say um um i would probably have to throw um stevie ray vaughn in there um he was he was a big early influence on me uh again with the blues uh style um uh he's you know he's another one of those guys that's incredibly uh recognizable and when he plays um and his phrasing you know it's very recognizable and very unique to him and um you know taking that um uh blues based style and um you know playing uh with the kind of band that he played uh in the time period that he played uh, when there wasn't as much of that, you know, in the eighties, everybody kind of transitioned into pop and, um, hard rock, you know, he was kind of still playing that, uh, blues based style guitar. And, um, so I, I really love him. Um, I think besides those three, um, another guitar player that I've always loved, um, for his style and his uniqueness is, uh, Brian May of Queen. Um, of course, you know, he's another guy who, uh, his tone is incredibly, uh, unique to him. Uh, you know, nobody else sounds like he does. Um, and again, um, his phrasing, I think that to play for a singer like, um, and a singer and a writer like Freddie Mercury, that'd be incredibly hard to do as a guitar player, uh, because the style is so creative and all over the place, diverse, and, uh, you know, he kind of fit that mold perfectly, and, you know, his adaptability to different styles of music, whether it was blues or just straight rock or, uh, you know, leaning more into the pop stuff, I mean, he kind of fit all of it, and uh, so he'd be another one. Lastly, I would have to say it's it's out of uh, the same... Uh, band as a, a previous one but uh you know getty lee was always a big a big one for me um what a crazy talented guy i'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you again but his, no, he's great. his super high voice and then yeah. he's playing uh super intricate bass lines at the same time and then he might walk over and play a crazy synth part like just yeah. crazy um continue i'm sorry no you're good he's another guy who's incredibly uh adaptable um you know he as a bass player um you know he's again it's it's very unique to him um you know I, i love the way that that band works uh from a a stylistic point of view um you know they it's not just you know, straightforward, uh, rock and roll. It's, you know, the guitars will, you know, will always be playing one part and the bass will be playing one part and the drums will be playing one part and none of them are the same thing, but they kind of meld together to, uh, to make a song. And that's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people who can do what Getty Lee does on stage, uh, in any given show. Um, he's, uh, you know, obviously, probably the biggest part of rush in terms of uh 
you know, they're what they do as a band. And, um, you know, I love all the other stuff he does, singing and playing keyboards. But, um, you know, his bass playing is just incredible. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, every song he plays, none of them sounds the same. Um, it's incredibly, he, he doesn't play the bass like a bass. I mean, he plays it, um, you know, almost like a kind of a guitar and, and, um, you know, he's got great bass melodies and bass lines. So, um, yeah, I would say, um, out of any bass player in the world, uh, he's the one I could, I could listen to play the most. So, um, that's kind of a, a diverse top five, but that, that'd probably be the, the first five I would think of. Yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, some great choices for sure. Um, very influential, very talented um very unique for sure for sure um we'll kind of go through mine pretty quickly and uh try to try to wrap it up since we, i think we've i think we've went over the time that we kind of allotted for it but that's okay we're having a good time good to talk about this stuff always good to catch up with you man um yep my number one i think you this is going to come to no shock to you just like angus was to for you you know uh dave roll for sure man um from the standpoint of a person, how great of a person he is, how great of a, uh, a singer he can be, how great of a writer he can be. Um, and it kind of goes unforeseen, but he's he's a pretty dang good guitar player too, in my opinion, uh, especially for the style that he's playing. Um, he, I mean, just as an all-around musician, if he's in your band, you're, 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 under, a, you're under a good start there. Um, uh, even even as a drummer, guitar player, singer, doesn't matter. He he's he's great at it. Um, number two is going to be going to be one that I don't think many people are going to really really know much about, other than uh, he's in a, a power trio right now with a with another guy that's going to be on my list here in just a second. Um, but that's that's Mike Portnoy. Um, he was in Dream Theater. He's a crazy good drummer. Um, and, and unless you're a musician or a Dream Theater fan, you don't really know much about him. But he's got like 20 side projects going on all the time. Dude's always playing. What a... I mean, he's a great backup singer, even though he doesn't do it that often. Uh, he he plays with punch. He plays with power. Uh, he hits... I don't know. He, he adds uh, cymbal hits in there that I wouldn't think to do. Um, and not, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily something that wouldn't be expected, but something that, that fit better than what you would, you would have thought it done just thinking about it. Um, he's probably my favorite drummer to listen to, um, just as a casual listener. Um, number three is going to be a, uh, a guitar player that, uh, a lot that, I mean, it's kind of a cliche answer, but uh, Jimi Hendrix is one of my favorite guitar players, man. Like you, uh, you mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan earlier. Um, you can argue that those two had a lot of similarities just because Stevie Ray Vaughan looked at Jimi Hendrix as an influence. Um, yeah. And their playing styles were very similar. Both played a strat very loud unapologet unapologetically. Just what a, not so much as a singer in, yeah, I mean, you know my opinion on Jimmy. Um, 
he he's a decent singer, but you definitely listen to Jimmy for his guitar parts. Um, uh, besides those three, uh, number four is, and now that I'm thinking about him, I can't even think of his name, man. That how how embarrassing is that? Um, he's the uh, he's the front man for the Winery Dogs with Mike Portnoy. Um, he was in uh, Mr. Big back in the day. Was it uh, Richie Cotton? Yeah, Richie Cotton. Yeah, man, what a what a player he is! A great voice too. Um, if, and I'm going to throw a little plug in there for him, even though that it will benefit them very little because of how how small of a person I am compared to them. Um, there's a video of them playing a show live, playing uh, "Fooled Around and Fell in Love." Andy, have you seen that? I have not. You you should check it out. They him Billy Sheehan and Mike Portnoy just play that so well, um, and in their own style, but at the same time paying homage to the original song. It is it's ridiculously good. Good good cover. Good cover for sure. Um, yeah, he brings in my number four spot, and uh, number five is going to be somebody that I know you don't know, um, and he's still still very very much on the uprise. His name's Ariel Posen. Or Ariel Posen one. I don't remember. Um, but he is a uh, he is a baritone guy. He plays a baritone uh, guitar and plays some slide. Very much in a Derek Trucks kind of style. But uh, more of a R&B instead of uh, just blues based for sure. Um He's yep. got some groove. His drummer that he plays with is great, too. I don't know his name either. Like I said, I'm awful with musicians' names. But, uh, yeah, he's got a great voice. He's a great songwriter. Um, his, some of the solos he rips with a, with his slide on that baritone is unbelievable. And like you said, with Angus, his solos are very melodic and singable. Um, but he played in a band called... Uh, the bros Landreth and he, he took kind of backseat role and complimented two brothers that had a band and he was killer in it too. So yeah, man, that's, that's kind of my top five. It's kind of a ragtag bunch of a bunch of different genres. Um, yeah, but I think, I think any, any five of them in your band is a good start, you know? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Well, all right. I think it's, I think that's going to be about all that we've got um, real quick. Before we do end, I'm going to mention what we're trying to plan with this podcast. Um, going to do some future episodes, hopefully have a guest or two here and there. Um, maybe a semi-regular uh, additional co-host and uh, another good friend of ours that we've played music with. Um, going to try to get in touch with some some of my old friends that we used to play with. I'm sure Andy's going to do the same. Um Going to try to get some some cool guests on here to bring some some background, some musical tastes of different genres. Um, going to have some cool little segments that we're planning um, based around musicians and bands and ranking them and drafting them and trying to make your own band of just, you know, ragtag groups of musicians of how you can put them together, regardless of what the fit would be, just super groups and how we can make them be pretty cool. Um, we're also going to... Uh, going to talk a little bit of gaming in the future um me and andy have always played music together and, and as a result when our fingers are worn out from the strings and the sticks we we uh sit down and we play some games together just to to crack it up and 
have some fun. So that's going to be in the future for sure. Um, but, uh, for the most part, it's just going to be me and Andy a lot of times, uh, chopping it up, uh, may not always be background stuff since we covered a lot of it tonight, may throw some stuff in there, but, um, some episodes may be focused on a, a band for half of it, or some of it may be focused on, uh, some storytelling of, of how a band started or something like that. It's really just going to be, um, just little cool factoids and opinions, um, and that's what they are, their opinions. If you hear something you don't agree with, that's okay. Cool. We want to hear your opinion too. So um, this podcast will be available, um, I believe, across a good bit of platforms. Uh, I believe Andy's going to take care of a lot of that since he is familiar with it. Um, with me saying that, Andy, why don't you go ahead and plug your uh, your solo podcast that, that you've been doing for quite some time? Uh, yeah, I do a... Uh... I do a movie podcast uh, called uh, Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes. I do. Uh, I've been doing that for a couple of years. It's uh, I'll cover a lot of new movies, TV shows, but I also do a lot of classic stuff uh, as well. Classic reviews. So um, yeah, check that. You you can find that on just about anywhere you listen to podcasts: Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, you know, a lot, a lot of those sites. So, yeah, check it out. Yeah, man. Um, I've got some catching up to you on your podcast. I was generally unaware. I knew you had dabbled in it before, but uh, we this conversation kind of got brought up kind of quickly between the two of us. It's an idea that I'd kind of wanted to start for a while. But uh, I think we got a good thing started here, man. I enjoyed myself, uh, especially going back over the memories about Papa and all the music that we've played together and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, looking forward to next week, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. Look forward to it. All right, guys, come back and catch us again. Uh, we're going to try to post on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. We haven't really seen how our schedule is going to work out with it just yet. But uh, if you enjoy some music talk, come back and catch us again. And I uh, hope everybody's having a great time. Have a good day. Thank you. <laughs>